It is 7.07 on your Wednesday evening. Hot, sunny, and awesome. Summer 2016 continues and uh, getting close to that time of year, possibly when you're either going to uh, find out you no longer have a job or, hey, someone puts an offer across your bow. All those things uh, within that uh, you know perspective we cover here on the Employment Hour. A couple of ways to get a hold of Lior anytime during this hour, anytime for that matter. 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We always start every show with uh, information. We call it the week that was, right, pal? That's right, Johnny. Thank you very much, and welcome to all our listeners. Happy to be back here. Always a uh, highlight of my week to be on uh, on AM640 and talking about employment law, workplace rights. So if you haven't heard us before, this is the time, this is the place. We're going we're gonna to tell you what you're owed, if you have any problems in the workplace, what your rights are. We're going to arm you and inform you with information that you have to have if you're, if you're working. And to get us started, by the way, we're open here. Lines are open. Give us a call. Let's talk. Let's hear your stories and answer your questions. And to get us warmed up and started, I'll, I'll uh, talk about a couple of situations that I dealt with uh, this week. The first situation I'll tell you about actually made me, uh, made me laugh a bit. Uh, a lady that actually listens to our show quite regularly, her husband was let go. And she told him, you have to call Lior, you have to call Lior. And he didn't want to. He said, I'm sure that what they've offered me is, is appropriate. I don't want to call Lior. It's, it's, it's not necessary. So she called for him. And she told me that uh, he had worked for the company for 15 years, and he was offered six months' pay. And he thought that was perfectly appropriate because he did some research online and found out that that's actually more than he's owed. Hmm. Well, I said to her, well, no, that's not more than he's owed. He's probably owed around 18 months' pay, three times what he's been offered. Right. You have to get him to call me. Well, wouldn't you know, know it? She made him call me. Uh, he was eventually a good husband, listened to his wife and, and called me and now I'm helping him. And, you know, it's a very interesting situation where she was adamant that she, they got into arguments. They had fights about calling me and eventually she had to call me without him knowing it. And there's this reluctance to, to get some advice because people think that there's no point or people think that by getting advice, they're going to get in, involved in some sort of a complicated legal procedure. You need to have information. So she gave me a call. We spoke. Now I'm helping her husband. And by the way, John, once he found out that he's owed three times more than he uh, actually was offered, he no longer had a problem speaking to me. <laughs> now he's so- your best buddy. Now, now we're good friends, uh, and, and uh, I'm going to help him out easily here to get uh, what he's owed. Second situation I'll tell you about, very different. Uh, we've talked before about frustration of contract. This is, of course, a situation where an employee usually is off for work for so long that the employer terminates the relationship because the employee has been gone for so long. Well, usually, it's the employer that instigates the frustration of contract, but that doesn't have to be that way. I got a call uh, very recently from a gentleman that had been off for work for very, very serious medical condition for two and a half years, and there is no way he was going back. After two and a half years, his doctor saying, you're not really getting better. You're going to have to stay on disability for the foreseeable future. Uh, and he said, listen, Leo, now that I know I'm not coming back to work, am I owed anything from my employer? Or is it just one of those things? I'm not going back. They don't owe me anything. So what I told him is this. This is actually now a frustration of contract situation. You're not going to be able to come back to work. The relationship with your employer has died, essentially. And because it's a frustration of contract, you get severance. Now, you don't get your full severance. You only get your minimum severance. But for this guy, minimum severance was 28 weeks pay. It's a lot of money, six and a half months pay. So it's a very interesting situation. And some of our listeners may be in that situation where they're not able to go back to work anymore for medical reasons 
Well, if that is the case and the doctor is saying you cannot go back to work ever for medical reasons, you may be owed severance right now. Again, not your full amount, but a portion of it. Uh, and you need to give me a call at that point before the limitation period runs out. So uh, remember uh, the, the lesson there. Frustration of contract can be instigated by the employee. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got uh, Leo the opening call tonight in Milton. Leo, you worked for 42 years. Is that right? Yeah. Good. What's your uh, what's your story? Is this a Leor? It's Leor. He's here. Leor, the one and only. A Le- it's a Leo. <laughs> uh, so forty-two years, they give me nothing. Wow. Nothing. They cut me, give me nothing. So what they let you go. Did they give you a reason why they let you go? They say a tough economy. Now, uh, were you part of a union? No. Okay. No. And the company's still in business? They're still operating? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're big, it's a big business. Big, big, big. And and how long ago did this happen? About the four weeks. Oh, just. Okay, so huh. it just happened. Listen, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, this is so extreme that it almost seems like there may be more to it. But I'll tell you this. There's no possible legal anyway whatsoever where you can, your employment can be terminated. It doesn't matter if it's 42 years or four, four, four years without severance. You probably are owed easily two years' pay, maybe even more than that. Did you get a letter of termination? I can't read. Uh, I don't know how. I don't read. What, what was your read. job? What were you doing there? A lab, labor job. Labor. Yep. And, for, and how old are you? 64. Yeah, wow. You, you're easily owed two years' pay. So this is a very important call you made right now, Leah. You have to give me a call. Uh, I, I don't know what they're thinking, how they can think they can let someone go after 42 years and say, we're not going to pay you anything unless you okay. rob okay, the got safe. A, got, a, got, a que- got a question. So how how I pay you? What what you make? How how you how I pay you? Well, we can, there's several options, uh, but in, in, in most cases, in a case like that, that's that straightforward. You're, you're potentially looking at a few hundred dollars in legal fees, and the company will pay for it, or mm-hmm. you can pay by way of a percentage. There's several ways, and it never costs anything to talk. So we need to speak because you potentially owe two years' pay. So, John, give him the number, and we need to speak off air as soon as possible. Leo, that's a long time, 42 years right there. The number 416-216-5900. We'll take our first break. More phone calls coming. If you want to call us, you know that number as well. Never changes here at the radio station, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the employment hour coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. 716, Wednesday evening here, AM 640, the employment hour. Yeah, call that number. You have any questions, queries about anything to do with employment, severance, all that stuff, they will be answered uh, in good time and with much information. Got John in Toronto. Thanks for calling in, John. What's your question? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. After... Uh after coming back from sick leave, I uh, provided the employer with uh, a return to work letter that stated I had no restrictions. And uh, for one year afterwards, the employer made me take one week off every month uh, without pay. And then um, well, when that year was over, uh, then the harassment uh, began. And I have uh, documented proof of the employer making derogatory references uh, to my illness. Were they allowed to do that? Are you still working there? Yes, I still work there. But and uh, is the harassment still ongoing? Long, who knows how long that'll last with the constant right. harassment? So l- let's start with the the, the take making you taking a uh, take a week off. So the the answer is no. They couldn't do that. 
They don't have a right to make you take a week off. That's a big change to the terms of employment. That would be a constructive dismissal. The problem is, I think you said that happened for a year or that happened a year ago. And because it happened then, and, and at that time you, you let it happen, so to speak. I know you weren't happy, but you, you ultimately didn't leave. You continued working. You're considered to have accepted that. So we can't go back now and deal with the week that they made you take off every month or whatever it was. At the time, we could have done something. We could have potentially got, gotten you out of there and got you your full severance. Now, dealing with the harassment, obviously, and you know this without me telling you, an employer does not have a right to harass you. It doesn't matter if it's because of your medical condition or for any other reason. Uh, and and that, that goes without saying. If you are a victim of harassment and you can establish that, you can prove it and show it, then you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. And potentially that's also a human rights violation if they're mistreating you because of the medical condition that you had. The concern, the problem always, John, will be about proving it, showing that you're under, undergoing this harassment. So you would need either to show something in writing or someone that's willing to corroborate your story because obviously the company is not just going to admit it. So do you think it, this is something you'd be able to establish to prove? It was proven in uh, an internal investigation already within the okay. company walls okay. and so uh, uh yes it was already internally uh proven and did they do something about it no oh okay oh, okay so if in fact you can show that they've acknowledged that there was some harassment and they didn't do anything about it you actually may be in a very good constructive dismissal situation how long have you worked there for total uh five and a half years and what kind of job what do you do generally that's uh, a te I, technical field all right. And uh, how old are you, John? 32. So you're probably looking in your situation right around six months pays what they would owe you, plus potentially some additional compensation for mistreating you because of the medical condition. If you can show that harassment, if they have refused to do something about it, then that's illegal. You should and need to give me a call as soon as possible off air. We can help you get compensation and potentially get you out of a workplace where you're being harassed. Perfect. Thank you very much. So we'll take a, a short break here, and then we come back. we got something called uh, Severance Pay Calculator. How did Lior do that quick uh, little bit of math with John on the phone? We'll tell you all about it after a short break. In the meantime, love to get your calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Yeah, your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 725 on your Wednesday evening here. Give us a call. We'll uh, we'll talk to you, answer your questions. And i uh, got to thank uh, Matt and Brandon for hanging in, Matt. Matt, go ahead. Hey, thanks a lot. Great show, guys. Thanks, uh, you learn a lot uh, from from you guys over over the weeks. Quick question: uh, I'm I'm currently employed. I'm looking at uh, applying for another position at a company we've dealt with, and uh, I'm just trying to say if all goes, if all the cards go right, and I get hired by the other company and leave my current, can my current company have any recourse? Uh, like try to go after me for anything? Just by virtue of you leaving them? Yes. So the answer is no, unless you're breaching any obligation to the employer. For example, if you're bound by a non-solicitation obligation where you're not allowed to try to go after clients of your current company and you leave and then you try to take their clients, yeah, they may come after you because you've breached your obligation. You may also be, if you're, you may be bound by a non-competition obligation potentially. If you sign an agreement that says you cannot work for a competitor, and right. you now go across the street and work for a competitor, they may say, well, wait a second, you've breached the obligation and you will go after you. Uh, so no, they cannot go after you, but just because you've left and you decided to work somewhere else, it's a, right. it's a matter of did you breach any obligation that you've committed uh, to having? Uh, do you know if you're bound by a non-solicitation or non-competition obligation? I'll, I'll have to check because uh, 
the, but the company I'm looking at applying for is not a competitor. They're almost like a customer per se. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's a customer and, and you wouldn't be taking any business from your current company? No, no. Well, if you're not taking any business and if you're not going to be competing with them, then there's really nothing that you could have done wrong. So it seems to me like you're, you're perfectly free and clear here uh, to go and do what you want. Now, it's always a good idea to give some notice if you're going to resign. It's not even required legally. It's just you don't want to burn bridges. Uh, sure. So I would give a couple of weeks notice at least. Uh, but other than that, it sounds like you're fine. Okay. No, thank you. Thank you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. You want to call just like Matt did. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, severance pay calculator. Let's get some details out there. That's right. And as you recall, just before the break, I was speaking with uh, John, and I asked him three questions. I asked him how old he was. I asked him the type of job that he had and how long he worked for the company. And then I told him how, ma how many months severance he's owed. Well, those are the factors that go into calculating how much severance you get, your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So I've taken that information and I created a website, severancepaycalculator.com, and everyone can go, anyone can go anytime to that website and find out exactly how much compensation they're owed if they lost their job. So again, severancepaycalculator.com. It's extremely easy to use. It's anonymous. It's, it's very, very uh, simple, completely free, of course. And uh, you can use that whether you just lost your job and came out of a meeting with your severance papers in hand, or maybe you've just always wanted to know. And a lot of people are telling others about it, their friends, mm -hmm. their family, their neighbors. So if anyone that's lost their job, first place you go to, severancepaycalculator.com. Now, we've done numerous shows on misinformation and how much there is out there. Why? Oh, not why. I know why. But people will often go through the severance pay calculator and go, whoa, 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 whoa. This number is way off what I've heard. They, they do that all the time. And, and it gets worse than that, John, because the, the Ministry of Labor, we've talked about at length on the show, have their own calculator that calculates entitlements, and the numbers are very, very different. And people say, well, wait a second. Why is Leo's calculator say I get eight months' pay, and the Ministry of Labor's uh, calculator says I get three weeks' pay? Well, the reason for that is the Ministry of Labor's calculator calculates only a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. So it only calculates a small fraction portion of the person's entitlements, whereas the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, calculates your full entitlements. So when you use it, the number that you get is, is real, it's accurate, is what the law provides for you, not because I said so, just because that's what the law is. So use it, be confident, and, and uh, have that in your back pocket. Anytime you need to get a hold of the or, by the way, outside of show hours, 416-216-5900. Let's talk about things that your employer won't tell you about workplace rights. Oh, but we will. Oh, uh, we for will. instance, uh, you don't have to sign an employment agreement if you've already started working, if you're employed, yeah? Yeah, it's a big one, John. Oftentimes, employers realize that there's good things for them that they can have in an employment agreement. And they say, well, we want our existing employees to sign employment agreements. And they'll present an employee with an agreement and say, sign it. We want you to sign it. And an employee may, think, may feel compelled to sign it. Well, I have to sign it. They told me I have no choice. This is the document. They're my employer, so I'm going to do what I'm told. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you do not have to sign an employment agreement if you're already employed. In fact, it's a bad idea because that agreement is going to have things, I promise you, that are going to be very unfavorable, very negative to you, the employee. So you don't want to sign that, certainly not without understanding what it says and getting some advice. And if we decide or you decide that it's not proper for you, don't sign it. You cannot be penalized for it. You cannot be terminated for cause for not signing. 
So very important. Don't ever sign an employment agreement without understanding exactly what it says. If you do decide to go ahead and sign that employment agreement, is it legally binding if they don't throw you a bone, a Twinkie or something? Like they have to give you something in return, right? Uh, a Twinkie, maybe not. But if they throw right. you a Twix, maybe. Now we're talking. Uh, no. Yeah, now we're talking. No. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. For an employment agreement to be enforceable, if the employee signs it after the employee starts working, the employee has to get something in return for signing. So it's not enough for the employee to simply sign that agreement if they're already working. They, can, they have to get something. It could be really anything, a pay increase, a signing bonus, a promotion, extra vacation, right. anything at all. And if the employee does not get that but still goes ahead and signs the agreement, that agreement arguably is not enforceable, which means the employee can't be bound by the bad things in that agreement. So remember, if you signed an agreement and your employer is trying to enforce it against you, remember if you or think if you signed it before or after you started working. If you signed it after you started working and didn't get anything in return, it may not be enforceable. Lots more things on that topic, things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, oh, but we will. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes after we take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Your calls are coming up. 735 Wednesday evening answering your calls here on the Employment Hour and bring them on. We want to get to each and every one. Bob and Curtis, good evening. Got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yeah, you were talking about minimum requirements before. I was just kind of curious, why would a company pay you any more than they had to pay you so that they would, you know, avoid somebody getting a lawyer afterwards? I was just kind of curious about Excellent that. Excellent call. Excellent question, Bob. Really good question. And the reason they have to is because they have to. That's what the law says. That's what our courts have established. So it's not a choice for the employer. They don't pay that out of the goodness of their heart. They have to. The only time they don't have to pay more than the minimum is if they and the if the employer and the employee entered into an employment agreement that limits the person to the minimum. So they have a right to contract for the minimums, but if they did not do that, every employee without exception is owed a lot more than the minimum. The courts enforce that. It's the law like any other law. And if an employer doesn't pay that, they wrongfully dismiss the employee and they're liable for to pay damages. So then does that, does that answer the question? Yeah, well, kind of like, uh, so basically it's like even though the minimum requirements that are written in the law, the court looks at it and says, well, hold it, just because of that, you know, there's extenuating circumstances, so you owe more and that more or less makes case law? Essentially, yes. It's not even. I off on that? <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not off on that. Our courts mm-hmm. simply have decided that every employee has greater entitlements than the minimum, without exception, uh, unless that, they've that agreed. That answers my question. Right on. Exactly. Okay, unless they've agreed to limit much. themselves. There you, you go. It. Answered. Got uh, Tyler and Bolton. Good evening, Tyler. Hi, how are you doing? Good, pal. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I am currently employed. Um, I've just heard conflicting stories. I'm curious about sick days. Um, if there is a difference between sick days and personal days, how many I'm entitled to? And also, um, can they? if I take one, can they force me to bring in a doctor's note? Or is there a certain amount in a row hmm. I need to have for that to happen? Right. Uh, uh, very good question. So let me let me answer that. The, the, with respect to sick days, an employer does not have to provide sick days. The law doesn't require an employer to provide sick days. Sick days are a creature of an employer's policies, their practices, or an employment agreement. So you can enter into an agreement with your employer to provide you with sick days, but the employer doesn't have to. So because the employer doesn't actually have to, it's up to the employer to decide on what basis they're going to administer their sick days. So they may say, it's our policy that for us to allow you to take a sick day off, we have to get a doctor's note. And if that's what they've requirement, th- that they've decided, then that's what they, they do. 
Now, the fact that an employer gives you a sick day, okay, means that, that they're going to they're gonna pay you for your time off. You're allowed to be off work uh, without pay as long as the doctor says that you're required to be off, uh, irrespective of any uh, sick days uh, that they have. So they may simply not have to pay you. So whether they have a policy with respect to sick days comes down to whether they're going to pay you for your time, and an employer does not have to pay an employee for time off uh, that they're sick unless they've agreed to that by way of a contract. Right. Now, where I am, that is not agreed upon, so they're completely unpaid. I'm just curious now, like, is there, without disciplinary action, can they, if I take one, can they? Can there be any discipline for that? If you take an unauthorized day, you mean? Yeah, yeah if, I, if I call in sick, if I just called in tonight and said, yeah, unfortunately I'm not being well, I can't come in tomorrow. Obviously it's unpaid because we are not in an agreement where any sick days are compensated right. for. Can I be penalized for that at all, or is there protection or a certain amount I'm allowed to do that per year or anything like that? They can ask for a doctor's note, and if you can't provide a doctor's note, they may be in a position to, to provide some form of discipline, especially if there's reason to suspect that you're not really telling the truth. They can't fire you for that unless this is the 25th time that you've done it. Uh, but they, they can ask for a doctor's note. It's absolutely legitimate to do that. They, they would, by the way, if they want a doctor's note, they would have to actually pay because, you know, there's a fee for a doctor's note. Mm. Right. Uh, but but if you don't provide a doctor's note, yeah, they could potentially impose some discipline, a warning, maybe even in extreme situations, a suspension, but not a termination in most cases. Okay. Now, uh, my last question would be, is there a difference between calling and saying you need a personal day versus a sick day? Let's say my kid was sick or, uh, you know, my car broke down, I had to go get it fixed, and I'm not actually sick. I need to take a personal day. Is that a difference? Any difference in that or no? It is a difference in the sense that, first of all, the law doesn't require an employer to provide personal days, so it's up to an, agreement, an employer to create a policy that they allow personal days like that. And with respect to, uh, you know, your car's in the shop, you need some time to get it fixed, whatever it is, and if an employer says, I'm not going to give you time off for that, sorry, uh, then and you still take the day off, that is serious cause for discipline because that is an unauthorized leave of absence. You're not actually sick. There's no... Uh, doctor saying you have to be off. So with the sick day, as long as a doctor says that you're sick, really you're protected and an employer can't touch you. Whereas with a personal day, you don't have that same protection. So you, you do run the risk if you take a day that's unauthorized to be subject to some more serious discipline. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll take a quick break. More of your phone calls coming up, and we'll probably dip into our conversation again as far as things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but you'll find out right here on the Employment Hour. 7.45, few minutes left to go here, man. This hour is just whipping by on your Wednesday evening here in the Employment Hour. Your phone calls, we get to them as fast as we can. Steve in Brampton, good evening. Thank you for calling into the show. How are you? How are you doing? I have one major question and maybe a second one if you can handle that. Sure. Um, I know I'm uh, asking for a family member who's applying actually through a temp agency. It's easy to get work that way at this time. So women's training, I know there's mandatory training, for certain things, I think WMIS is one of them. Maybe there's more, if you can enlighten me on that. And are they supposed to pay you for that training? Yes, they're supposed to pay you. Any training that, that they require you to do that's required for the job, that's, uh, that's done uh, in time that's off work, then, yes, you have to get paid for any time that, that the employer requires you to do training. There's no such thing as free training. So an employer has to pay you for that. Okay, so they often will have it on site in their sort of office. So uh, mm-hmm. whatever time you spend in there, you're supposed to be paid for. Yes, the time that you spend in there absolutely must be paid. There's no exceptions to that. Okay, and uh, curious about applications. As you get older, often there's no way to prove that you're being 
um, uh, you know, if you're too old to work, so I can't think of the word story right now. I lost my train of thought. But dates, they're asking for dates of graduation, which basically indicates how old you are. Is that, it sounds a little bit like a human rights thing. Does it really matter when you graduated? I and mean, can they ask that? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and it's a form of discrimination. That's exactly what it is. An employer does not or should never be allowed to base a decision in terms of hiring based on how old the person is. Uh, the law makes it very clear that that's discrimination based on age. And yeah, you're right. A lot of employers know that they can't ask you how old you are, but they they can try. They think they can get around it by saying, "Well, when did you graduate?" But which essentially can give them a very good idea as to your age. And there, it, it's absolutely irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you graduated in 2002 or 1992. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Either you have the the skills and the experience, or you do not. So if you think that your your employer or someone is not hiring you, hiring you because of your age, that's a human rights issue. Of course, it's about proving it. But if they've put in writing that they want to know the age of graduate or the date of graduation, you may have a really good case. My firm, we did a case uh, recently within the last year or so uh, of uh, actually it was a lawyer who didn't get hired somewhere because of his age, uh, and we established that and we got him damages. So those things are quite possible. Uh, and if you are someone that you know are in that situation. Yeah, you should give us a call. We should talk about it in more detail. And that number, by the way, folks, is uh, 416-216-5900. Before the break, uh, we were talking about things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. Here's another one. This one's a big one, too. You can't, can't be temporarily laid off. That's a huge one. And, in fact, this is exactly the type of thing that your employer is going to tell you uh, the wrong thing. Uh, So a temporary layoff is a termination you cannot be laid off temporarily legally unless you choose to accept it. So generally speaking, a temporary layoff, if you've been laid off temporarily, you have the option to treat that as a termination and say, I'm not going to accept that, so I'm not going to be on temporary layoff. So you're either going to keep me at work, I'm going to continue working, or you're going to pay me severance. And there's no middle ground here. And an employer may often say, well, no, no, we can lay you off temporarily for up to a period of time, 13 weeks, 35 weeks, and only if we don't bring you back, we're going to have to pay you severance. Well, guess what? That is wrong unless you signed an employment agreement that lets the employer do that or you've allowed them to get away with it in the past, mm-hmm. in which case now they arguably can do it again and again. But if this is the first time you've been laid off temporarily, that is a termination and your employer often is going to tell you that they can do that. Well, we just told you the truth. No, you cannot be laid off temporarily. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Shelly in Oshawa, good evening. How are you? Hi, how are you? Okay, Shelly, go ahead. What's your question? Um, I don't know where to start, but I'll try to make it quick. Um, I work for a major corporate uh, corporate corporation in Oshawa, and I got sick for two and a half years, and they paid for my time off. I went back to work. I lost my position, and then <clears throat> they moved me around a little bit, and I they didn't follow the doctor's rules, so I'm back out now. And they actually gave me a job where I shouldn't be in, like, fridge and freezers and stuff like that, and they made me sign a contract. So I think it's constructive dismissal. So I'm, I, I just don't even know where to go. Now, are you off so work badly. right now, Shelly? <laughs> yeah. Are you off yeah. work? Yeah. I'm fighting and, with and, disability. Okay. And you, your doctor's telling you you can't work right now? I can't. And is it because of the fact that your employer wasn't accommodating you properly? 
No, they weren't accommodating me at all, actually. They didn't want me back. They actually told me I've been yelled at. They threw a phone at me. Yeah, well, it's yeah. terrible. Man, Shelly, of course, no, no employee should ever be treated that way. Yeah, that would be absolutely a constructive dismissal, both the fact that you were mistreated as well as the fact that your employer wasn't actually following your doctor's recommendations. So, yeah, that is a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Uh, and I don't see why you would ever want to go back to a workplace that treats you that way. I, I wouldn't want to. So I think you and I should talk about how company, yeah. <laughs> How long, sorry? Over 20 years with the company. Wow. And, I had, and, that, I had, and that's how they treat you? Yeah, I had over eight breast surgeries. It was nice. I begged to go back to work, and I wish I could take that back. Well, you know, I, I think that you obviously deserve a lot more than or a lot better than what you got. Uh, you shouldn't have to go back to work in that environment. The good thing is we can extract you out of there. We can get you out of there with compensation after 20 years. You're going to be looking at significant severance. Could be 18 months compensation. Could be more than that. Potentially some human rights damages as well, Shelley. So I, I think you and I need to take uh, some time and speak off air. I want to find out exactly what happened, dates, people involved. And guess what? I'll be able to help you get this resolved, I promise. Shelley, that number in uh, for you as well if you're wondering Lior's direct number, 416-216-5900. Taking a quick break, more of your phone calls. You know that line as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640. It's 755 on your Wednesday evening. Last few minutes here, you want to get a phone call in, call that number, and uh, we'll get to you. Bounce right over to the phone. It's got John and Barry. Good evening, John. Hey, good evening. How are you guys? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's going on? Question for you, Lior. Um, company I currently work for. I was a prior to this company. I was a senior executive uh, director slash VP level. Was recruited to join this new company, and I accepted that. The unfortunate part is it looks like the new firm is being bought, uh, merged, acquired, and now the rumor is that some, you know, people in my position will be let go. Wondering what type of um, compensation we might be able to consider if that, in fact, happens. Excellent. Yeah, excellent question. So so let's uh, break this down. How long have you been with the company total? Just one year. Just one year, got it. And you're in a senior position as a director. And how old are you currently? 50. 50. So, and when you st- started there, uh, I take it you signed an employment agreement? Yeah, we would have signed a number of employment agreements, which I haven't looked through the Right. TNC's, so TNC's in detail, but you know, recruited away from an executive position in a previous firm, and now. And how long? Who, how long were you at the right. previous position for? Uh, seven years. Ah. Seven years. So, just based on the one year that you were with this company, you're probably looking at anywhere from five to six months of compensation. Okay, uh, based on the one year, because you're in a senior position, you're 50 years old. Now, uh, if you can establish you were recruited away from another job, you probably are looking at, at potentially double that, you know, 10 to even 12 months of compensation uh, because of the fact that you were recruited. Now, that said, this whole thing that I've just told you could be very different depending on an employment agreement that you signed. If you signed an employment agreement that changes that analysis, either limits your entitlements or provides for a different uh, uh, formula, then the answer may be different. So we would want to definitely see uh, what that looks like. And if you want, you can send me a copy of the employment agreement. I can tell you exactly what it says, if it limits your entitlements in any way. But if it doesn't, anywhere from five months to 10, 12 months compensation, depending on how we can establish that you were recruited away, if they reached out to you, 
if they made you some nice grandiose promises about your future job prospects, if we can establish that, yeah, guess what? You could be owed a heck of a lot of compensation. And that, by the way, includes your salary, your bonus, your benefits, stock options, car allowance, etc. All components of your compensation will have to be included in that, John. Very good. Thank you for the support. I appreciate that. You're very no welcome, problem. John. That'll pretty much uh, wrap it for calls for tonight. So before we leave, uh, I want to get into it again. If they missed it off the uh, beginning part of the show, Leo, let's uh, remind them about the severance pay calculator. Yeah? Right. Well, you saw what I just did uh, there with John. Yep. I asked him a few questions, and you don't need necessarily for me to do that for you. You can do it yourself. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com, and you input your age, the length of your employment, and the type of job that you have. You just pick it uh, from a drop-down menu. And you'll find out exactly how much compensation you're owed if you lost your job. Two months, 12 months, 24 months, or anything in between. It's an extremely handy tool. It's accurate. Everyone should have that. Everyone should, should have that website or download the app and have it on your phone. There's, a, there's an app that uh, does the exact same thing. SeverancePayCalculator.com and tell your friends about it if they lost their job. Uh, don't fall for any misconceptions. Don't uh, get advice from your neighbor across the street unless he's an employment lawyer severancepaycalculator.com. And they can contact you right from there by uh, pressing a button or there's the option of the phone call as well. That uh, uh, phone number in closing, 416-216-5900. You want to email Lior after the show is over. That's simple, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. That'll do it for another Wednesday night. Catch a show again on the weekend. Lots more, lots more stories to tell, information to dish out on the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640.